Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast, where we interview female founders from all around the world who are rising and scaling in their online businesses. And today we are with Katie Brinkley. She's the owner and social media strategist and coach at Next Step Social Communications, a social media agency based out of Littleton, Colorado. She has been helping small businesses, real estate agents, construction companies, and home builders with their social media for over 15 years. She specializes in coaching entrepreneurs on how social media can be an incredible tool to find new leads, build community, grow sales, and bring social back to their social media. And I'll hand it over to her a little bit more to introduce herself. Hi, Katie. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your, the, your podcast today. I'm really excited to be here. And, um, you know, you and I have had the opportunity to, to speak a little bit before before hitting record here. And I think that, uh, you know, I said, I, after looking back on it, I feel that I always was meant to be an entrepreneur. I always was ready for the entrepreneur journey. And so, um, so after starting out, you know, when I was 14, trying to find ways to 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 buy that CD, you know, I, I've always had that entrepreneurial gene in me. So I'm really excited to be here today. That's awesome, Katie. And same here. I definitely relate to that. And I'll have to tell you a story later because you're coming from radio and that I, I thought that I had a radio show. Oh, I did have a radio show with my friends. All the time that it was coming up for me as you were talking off in the green room is that what you call it like off air a little bit before we hit record and I want to dive right in to what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome Katie in your industry and how did you overcome these and what did the how did this benefit you and in turn make you feel stronger and moving forward yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I, so I've been doing social media for a long time. Like I started back in the days of MySpace and um, who would have thought that social media would end up being what it is today? And I worked on the corporate side of things for a long time. And that really was, you know, it was a different beast when you are working uh, for a corporation as opposed to for yourself. And so I never really thought about my business, even when I did leave the corporate world, um, I was still following all, all the same social media people that I liked before, even when I was on the corporate side of things. And so one of the biggest challenges that I, that I had to overcome was, was kind of shutting out the noise. And I had, it, it stinks. I had to unfollow a lot of people that I really enjoyed following because I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I've been doing this for a long time. I know a lot about social media but I still was seeing all these other people with these thousands and thousands of followers. And I was like, oh, well, I only have, you know, a couple hundred. And the reason I only had a couple hundred is because I was putting myself last. You know, I was treating myself as my worst client. I rarely posted on social media. I, I rarely, you know, updated anybody. I was never in front of the camera. I was doing all the things that I told my clients not to do, but it was because I was focusing on them so much. And so I'd been building up them and their brand for so long that um, it was a really hard challenge for me to overcome, just kind of put on the blinders, focus on me and my journey, and then start treating myself as my best client. And that is when everything changed for me in my business. I, I completely agree. I'm going to redo a lot of 
our company's website, a rebrand and because exactly the same, my clients have the most amazing sales funnels and as, as we're doing theirs with my team, I'm thinking, oh, that's, oh, that's incredible. I'm going to go back and put that on my website. And sometimes if we're not careful, it can be years later that we're like, oh, wait, did I do that? Oh, I have another client now and I'm going to do that for them. And we keep putting that on the back burner. So yep. definitely that's in my week to do this week and next week. I, I completely agree with that. It, it's hard. I think that you know, it's, it's a common trap for us entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to fall into is, um, you know, putting our own business last. But once we start prioritizing our own businesses, that's when we really can see the needle start to move, um, mm -hmm. you know, successfully and helping our own businesses grow. I agree completely. And I recently have a new employee that I'm training. So delegating a lot of things to that employee will help me to be able to focus on what you're talking about. Do you find that that makes it easier to, if, if you start to build a team and it be able to not put your <laughs> business or those things last anymore because you're doing them for your clients and. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things where uh, it's hard especially as a solopreneur, it is hard to start delegating tasks because you think that nobody is going to do the work quite as, as good as you can do it. But that's where being a successful leader uh, really you know, shows itself and, and just kind of letting go of the reins a little bit. And that was something that I had a lot of you know, trouble doing. Also, you know, it was just like, okay, well, train them and help them and they will get to that point. And um, delegation has been huge for me, again, in my business, because I've been able to spend less time on, uh, you know, these little things that really like were eating up a lot of my day and more time on the parts of my business that are really going to help it grow. Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about our own email marketing, our own social media, <laughs> helping people to get to know us on social media in a personal way and also in a business way that takes a lot of planning and strategy. It, it does. And I think that if you don't have a strong social media or a strong online strategy, it's, you're, you're going to just be spinning your wheels a lot. And so if you can develop that strategy and develop the consistency behind it, you don't need to post every single day. You don't need to send out an email every single day, but the consistency part is what's really going to help you in your business you know, become, stay top of mind um, and do what you have the capability and the capacity for. Mm -hmm. And then that way, every time you show up in their inbox, every time that you show up in their feed, your, your audience will be excited to see you there. That's true. And I, so, this is not on the list of questions, something that was coming up for me that I'm sure that you get this question a lot <clears throat> as a social media strategist and marketing strategist is, when someone tells you, well, I don't see, really see the point of posting, or I get this question a lot too, because when I do post like on Facebook or they say, I'm not gonna go on Facebook anymore because when I do post, what's the point anyway? Like I get two likes, nobody likes what I'm posting. What would you say to that? What, what would your answer be? Uh, you know, I would, so, one of the things that I'm glad that they're starting to get rid of is uh, the, the pay for likes, like the followers and the page likes, because really it's just such a vanity metric. And I would rather have 
50, you know, brand advocates, people that constantly like my post, engage with it, shop for me and refer me to their friends instead of 50,000 people that don't do a single thing. And that's what happens when you buy a lot of these page likes um, or followers. You have a whole bunch of people that really don't care about you and your business. So I think it's, it's something that it's hard for people to overlook, but Facebook especially, it is such a pay to play platform. And as a business, unfortunately, you are the lowest spot on the Facebook algorithm. So unless you're putting some ad dollars out there and promoting you know, those posts that you have out there and sending people um, to your website, you know, post engagement type of stuff, you're not gonna see the same type of results. So I think it's, um, it's a discouraging kind of statistic, but at the same time, you do, I focus more on how many people are seeing the post. And again, just try and show up consistently for your audience because the people that are your biggest fans will engage with it and they will be referring you to their friends and they will be commenting on it. And that's what you need to focus only on those people, focus on those people that are uh, your biggest brand advocates instead of mm-hmm. trying to be liked by everybody. And it's unfortunate, it's not a popularity contest. I completely agree. Something fascinating. I just published a book called Redefine. It's the Amazon bestseller. And there's eight other women in the book. Each of us have a chapter about a pivoting moment of our rising to our success. And when the day that we were promoting and the day that we published, I set up, well, also a sales page for the book with an intro to all of the authors there. So I could track on the back end where all the traffic was coming from to that page so they could buy the book. And we were blasting out social media content. We, we probably did, I don't know, how many posts did we plan out? My team and I, probably a hundred in one day going across all platforms, LinkedIn, LinkedIn group, Facebook group, Facebook, Twitter, Insta- two Instagrams, and my personal Facebook. It was fascinating that the Instagram ones got a lot of likes, LinkedIn got likes, but the Facebook ones had maybe two, one or two likes for some of the posts. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at the Google Analytics, and the back end of the page, where did all the traffic come from that day? Like 98, or I think it was 95% of the traffic came from Facebook. So sometimes, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, it's sometimes people aren't liking Mm -hmm. your post, but they're they're taking action. And that's what you you really need to do is, is take a look at the analytics, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I think that really helps with people with social media to know where to focus on as opposed to like you said, the vanity metrics, and then they're thinking, I, I told the authors about it, because a few of the authors in the book even said, I'm barely going to be on Facebook, it just doesn't work for me. And so (laughs) when I looked at the analytics, and I told them they were super surprised, like, oh, I've We'll have assumed that Instagram, because we got a lot of likes, I have a lot of followers on Instagram, a lot of the authors have thousands and thousands of followers. So they assumed that there was going to be a lot of traffic, even some of them didn't even understand why I wanted to do a Facebook Live, 
for the book launch because we did a Facebook Live and Instagram Live and I was very persistent and working directly with Facebook. I was like, we're going to do Facebook Live. <laughs> we're going to do both. And then in turn, wow, 95%. So that was like 5% came from a combination of then secondly, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram. That was surprising because like you said, it, there, it was kind of crickets and it can be really discouraging. Yeah. And I think that too, it's one of, once you really understand like how to read the analytics, that's what's going to, that's where you can realize where it makes sense for you to spend your time. I mean, if you are, uh, if you don't have a lot of time for social media and you don't, you don't need to be on every single social media platform known to mankind, go to where your audience is and show up for them consistently and regularly on the different avenues. So if Facebook is your jam, show up through Facebook Live, show up you know, in posts, start conversations. I mean, like go the, all the different ways that people consume that information. If Instagram is your thing, there's five different ways to post on it. Show up consistently in those five different avenues. So, I mean, if you don't have time for a, for a lot of social media, go all in on the one where your audience is the most engaged and just knock it out of the park. I completely agree. And do, which kind of software do you use if, so what, what uh, my team and I do for my personal social media, like we plan out one post usually, or I plan that out and then my team uh, puts it together and then they put it on or schedule it for all of my social media. So it's essentially kind of the same, similar post on all of them. So in a way it only needs to be written once. And I found that to save a lot of time to utilize the software where they can take their one and then just blast it out everywhere. What, how do you feel about that? Or do you think they need to write it differently kind of each yeah, I see, I am all about repurposing. So if you have a blog, how can you repurpose that uh, for each social media platform? I mean, share it directly on LinkedIn as a shared article. And then on Facebook, how could you turn that maybe into a Facebook Live where you are discussing that blog? And then on Instagram, you could turn it into a carousel post, you know, where you're just yeah. kind of highlighting the different ways, the different topics that you touch on for that blog. I so, love it it's, you know, you're really only, you've created one piece of content, but you're showing up on all these different avenues, the way that it's going to serve the people that are on those platforms the best. And how do you feel about Twitter? So this is, we're allowed such a limited amount of space. Sometimes my <laughs> teammates are like, well, what, wh which, where, like, what do I put exactly here? Because it's all, it's all yeah. great. You have this long form post on Facebook. Then you go to Twitter and you're like, check out the podcast. <laughs> right. You know, and that's where I think that, you know, is Twitter where the majority of your people are? Is that where they're ready to consume your content? And um, Twitter is something that I think that you need to be on daily, numerous times a day, tweeting thoughts, opinions, news, highlights, you know, like Twitter is something that is completely different than the other social media platforms. You can't just... LinkedIn, where you can write an article, have that mm -hmm. be your one post that week. And then all you have to do is, you know, engage with other people's content. LinkedIn's its own thing. Whereas with Twitter, you're kind of have to 
show up continuously in front of people with your different thoughts and content and information. And that's how you're really going to grow. So I mean, like for me and my strategy for my business, Twitter is not a part of it. Like I'm on Twitter, but most of the time I'm just tweeting about sports. Um, <laughs> I watch a lot of avalanche games and I'm tweeting about that. So I think that, you know, go to where your audience is and really kind of create the perfect content for them. And that's what I was saying too before. Like if you don't have the time for it, then mm-hmm. absolutely focus on where you do have the time. And then as your business grows and you can have that Twitter expert to go in and post all those tweets for you um, on a regular basis, then, then include it as part of your strategy. I will definitely now, after talking to you, include it as part of my strategy to do a few more times on Twitter because we've, we've been treating it like uh, similarly with posting, taking that one post and posting once a day. I have about how many right now? Close to 7K people on Twitter. So I'm always thinking, how can I utilize that? <laughs> I don't well, there's, there's Twitter spaces now too. So I mean, you can use the, the live audio. That's right. That's right. I, I haven't, I saw that last time I was on Twitter. Do you, you record, you're not recording yourself, but you record. How it's does it work again? Clubhouse. It's basically Clubhouse. Oh, okay. So it's, it's live audio um, where you can basically, it's basically Clubhouse, but if you already have 7,000 followers on Twitter, then that's a great way to connect with your community that you have on Twitter. You can have that Twitter space and you guys can all have a conversation based on a topic that you decide. So again, maybe that's that blog that you've written it, written, and you can go back out there and talk about your blog yeah. in this Twitter space with your community of people that already follow you. I love that. And uh, yeah, I, I love Twitter. I don't get on it as much because like you said, it's not as much in my, in our marketing campaign or in our plan but it's it's grown like wildfire for, for us at the same time so we're yeah know, we're always thinking how how can we capitalize on that and i want to switch to before we go back into the main questions and we met on clubhouse and that's a relatively maybe when you're listening to this hopefully it's still this app still exists but it's a relative, relatively new app and can you give us some feedback from your professional advice that like maybe three to five do's and don'ts that you've seen from a social media, or like building your clubhouse, connecting there, what feels kind of inauthentic, what feels authentic for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that clubhouse is something that everyone's really enjoying right now because it is something that we've never really seen before. And as I said before, I come from radio, so and and it's social media. So really, it was the perfect marriage of two platforms for me. Um, it's kind of like a live podcast, and I think that as you get onto the platform, it can seem like okay, well, I've got to get on and I got to start hosting my own rooms. Mm-hmm. And I I really think that that's where people miss the mark because if you join, if you go to rooms and especially smaller rooms, I'm talking like thirty to seventy people. If you go to those rooms and raise your hand to just contribute to the conversation, that's where you're really going to find your tribe and make valuable connections. I host a lot of rooms where I'm the only moderator. And the whole reason that I'm hosting the room is for the other people in the audience to be connecting with each other. So having a powerful title is so important because then you kind of got to think of it as like a, a Facebook group. And if you have a great 
Facebook group that's all about uh, mom solopreneurs in their in their 30s. Uh, you know, that's a pretty narrow, like a pretty niche topic. But everyone that joins that room probably is going to be within that market. And so mm-hmm. while you have the speakers that are up on stage, be looking at the profile pictures of the people that are in the audience with you, because obviously you all have a similar interest. These are the people that you need to be connecting with. So I strongly encourage you guys to don't think that you have to go on to open up a whole bunch of rooms, go to the rooms that make the most sense for you. And then where the real magic happens is by connecting with people over in Instagram, in the DMs, tell them what room you're in with them, why you want to connect with them and really start a a meaningful conversation because that's again, how you're going to see the, the true benefits of Clubhouse. That's how you're going to grow your business, grow your relationships and grow your network is through the DMs. It's not by getting up on stage and presenting all the time. Um, sometimes it's just raising your hand and contributing to a conversation, asking the question. But most importantly, I think clicking on the bios and the profiles of the people that are in the room with you because you never know who you're sitting next to. That's true. What would you say? So don't think, don't feel the pressure to clarify your do's and don'ts. Don't feel the pressure that you need to hop on there and host a lot of rooms and do make sure that you look at the people next to you. And if you're listening to this and you're not that familiar with Clubhouse, when you click on their bio and you can go down and you can see they can connect their Twitter or their Instagram and do your best when I host rooms, I continuously remind everyone too in the audience, make sure you look at the people next to you or look at the people around you, click on their picture, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, reach out to them if you feel really connected to them. I feel like people need that consistent <laughs> reminder. Yeah, well, because you hear a lot of um, people on stage just saying, follow the moderators, which is great if you're finding value from them. Um, but again, one thing to keep in mind is that the topic for the room is a, is a great way to find other people that are interested in things that you are interested in as well. So it's, it's a great way to, to network and, and really meet some, some fantastic people. Again, like if you identify and you're really enjoying what the moderators share, absolutely follow them, connect with them, but don't you know, disregard the people that are in the audience with you. For sure. I mean, that's how we met. And I have how many, about three more calls later today, strategy session calls with prospective clients from Clubhouse too. And then what was it? Two weekends ago, I hosted my first virtual summit there. And we did customized graphics for each one of the speakers. So they had, have you seen some of those? people doing that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. The, yeah. It's really cool. And I think that too, like the clubhouse is new. It's a baby. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I've only been on it for three months and it feels like a lifetime. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's really something that's, uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes and be strategic with the time that you have on it because you never know where it's going to go. But so that's where make the most of the time that you have. If you have a great idea for the platform, go all in on it and really try to maximize, maximize it while you can before it, while we are still all the beta testers and before it is open to everybody and uh, things change too much. Completely agree for sure. And, but if you start not brushing your teeth and not brushing your hair, cause you're on <laughs> too much, it can be addicting. <laughs> it really can. It really can. 
<laughs> then like plan it out. Be like, I'm only going to go on it during these times. And for me, what I've planned out is I like to go on there when I know that some of my biz besties are hosting a room so I can be very intentional with supporting them and, you know, promoting them. If I was to raise my hand and go on their stage, I'm like, I know her, she's incredible. And, you know, giving, continuously giving back and being there to support is my intention with it. Exactly. No, and that's, I think that that's great too, because like you said, it's, um, the, it's one of those things where there's someone who might've gotten on the app, you know, like I said, I've only been on it for three months, but someone that could have gotten on it back in July, you know, has hundreds of thousands of followers. And so it's like, oh, well, they must be, they must be a incredible person and, and really legit, but at the same time, maybe they've just been on the app a little bit longer than you. So don't, really don't look at follower count too much. Take it with a grain of salt and um, try to follow the people that you align with and that, you know, speak to you. You can go over to their other accounts, go to their website and be like, yeah, sure enough, this person is the real deal before you decide to do business with them. And um, having those, those besties out there when, that you can go and support is, is extremely important. I always, I, I have a couple people that I've met on Clubhouse and I'm just trying to show up for them and get support them as well yeah those are great points i've been on there almost a month now so like like you said it's oh wow this person has a lot of followers it doesn't necessarily mean that they're an expert <laughs> in their field someone else can have around 50 followers because they've been there for two weeks and yeah keep that in mind uh, it, when you're bringing people up, I've seen, or what I feel like is a don't is not just to bring people up in your rooms that you feel like are going to bring a lot of people in the room because they have a lot of followers. Everyone, yeah. A lot of people have a lot of value to add there. And if you looked at their Twitter or their Instagram, they probably have a, a community that they've built there and they're relatively new. Like mm -hmm. you said, it's a clubhouse. So still give them the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're talking about and I'm sure that they have something to add yeah to the room it it's definitely something where you know you'll you'll find you'll find the the, the real I mean like that's one of the things about clubhouse too is you you have to be able to uh, walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk and it's very pretty easy to, to figure out like who who is the real deal who is not and um, really just make sure you're, that you are aligning yourself with people that make the most sense for you and your time. Because as you said before, it can be a giant time suck. Um, I mean, I time block it into my day. I'm like, okay, well, I have time tomorrow morning from nine to 10 to be on Clubhouse. So be strategic with your time and make sure that you are maximizing it. Yes, I love those points. And I wanna go to when things come up for you, like negative feelings or somebody said something negative about your business or I, I feel that digital marketing can sometimes be more male dominated as well in, well, you know, entrepreneurship in general. And it can feel like I'm, I'm going up against these, these t giants like Grant Cardone or, <laughs> or business. And then we need to just hone it in, <laughs> refocus, and everybody has their own strategies for how they turn, they take that kind of feedback or the imposter syndrome or that they're looking outward and they take the, that and they look inward and 
okay, who am I? What do I have to offer? Who's my ideal client? And how do you handle negativity or those kind of feelings when they come up? Mindset, man, it is something that I still work with on a, on a regular basis. Um, Because otherwise when those negative thoughts, you know, kind of start creeping in, it is really hard to shut them out. And um, and like you said, imposter syndrome, it's really hard to be like, but that's one thing you do need to keep in mind is you, you don't know what the path was for someone else to get to where they are now. You only see where they are now. And you, you don't see all the mistakes and the struggles and, you know, them trying to figure it out. And you don't, you didn't see any of that. And so one of the things that you, you know, I have to do is I just have to focus on the path of Katie and this is where I am now. And, you know, a year ago, I was nowhere near on this. And, and, and four years ago, I mean, I was nowhere, you know, I was trying to figure out how I was going to build my own business for social media because it was something I was passionate about and I wanted to do, you know, but before I, I was coming from the corporate side. So, I mean, you never know what someone's journey was to where they are now. Focus only on your journey and mindset is everything. It's, it really is what's going to help you go over the hurdles of when things get tough. So focus on your own path and make sure that you have the right mindset. And that's really what's going to help you overcome a lot of the negativity. And I want to hop right in because we're, we're coming up on the time. Uh, your childhood story reflecting why you do what you do. And it, it may be the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny because again, in, in the green room, you and I were talking and I always had this entrepreneurial like gene in me. I never really, I, I want, you know, I recorded radio shows in my room. So I wanted to be a radio reporter from a very young age. I loved being, I loved radio, but I always really wanted to buy buy that CD. I wanted to buy that movie, go to Blockbuster, whatever. You know, I always wanted to be able to do certain things. And my parents really instilled in me like, okay, well, Katie, if you want this, then you're going to have to buy it. And when you're a kid, it's kind of like, well, how am I going to get the money? And so I started my own um, like window screening business. My dad, he had a, a side gig where he uh, would do windows. So he'd replace windows for, for homes. And he saw a lot of people needed to have screens. And so he's like, that's a good job for you, Katie. And I was like, okay, well, I'll learn how to do it. So I learned how to do all of these um, window rescreenings. And it was a great way for me to bring in money. It was a great way for my dad to add an additional part for his business. But I mean, like from there, I was kind of like, okay, so if I just always try and find a, a problem and try and solve it, that's, that's a great way to make money. And um, again, I started that when I was like 11 and I did it all the way through college. You know, I had this little window screening business, even after my dad stopped his, you know, window business, I was still just doing the, the, the screens. And I think that that's just one thing where early on, like looking back now, I'm like, well, of course I was meant to be my own boss. I was meant to have my own company, but I never really thought about it because I always had such a passion for radio. And now that I am where I am today, it's, it, I couldn't be happier. I love being my own boss and, and being an entrepreneur. And I've always kind of had that gene in me to want to succeed and, and find and find a way to solve people's problems. And social media is something I'm extremely passionate about. So it's, it's great to be able to, to do that and have a business doing it. 
Yeah, I resonate a lot with that. We can go more into that on, on your podcast. And I, sometimes I describe social media like, well, when people are not quite sure if they see the value in all that time, I think a lot of people don't realize how much strategy and time goes into planning out all the posts. And yeah. that's why social media strategists deserve their retainer no good a really good amount of money because there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it it's extremely there, time. there really is and I think that a lot of um, people well I mean it's just from a personal standpoint you're like oh yeah it doesn't take it doesn't take that long to post on social media but if you really want to see your business be successful then you need to have an entire strategy and consistent strategy built around it for sure I, how I like to to describe it maybe you probably have a, a good way to to describe it when i've heard people say something like that is okay if you were talking in a microphone in a stadium and like a football stadium or soccer stadium and you look all around you 360 around you and you have five people there listening to you that's awesome and those five people you know that can be thousands of dollars for you and it's great and you want to focus on them, but what if you had a thousand? And what if you had five thousand? What if you had ten thousand? Like, <laughs> what is the point of not using that that resource? That's exactly. the opportunity that all of us have on social media, on all these platforms, with the right strategy, right? Yes, because the more exactly. people hear, the more people hear our message, the more conversion we're going to have with the numbers inevitably there's no yes. denying that <laughs> but if we yep. have five we can convert three probably and that's amazing at ten thousand as the numbers grow the ceiling there's no glass ceiling it's yep i'm i'm over here <laughs> clapping away for you yes it is so true it is so true and then um it's it's exactly true. It's like, okay, well, yeah, if you, if you five people can hear you, you can close three, why not? And if, but just imagine if you could amplify, amplify that by, by 10 or 20 or 30. So. Exactly. And I know we're, we're running up on our, on our time before we hop off. Is there, uh, can I ask, is there, let's say three top concepts that you would like to share with the audience that you wish that you would have known four years ago when you started your business? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think that, you know, don't be afraid to ask other people that you admire in their businesses. Don't be afraid to ask them for their advice, take them out for a cup of coffee or, or whatever. Um, I think that that is what helped me a lot was people just giving me the gift of their time to, to share some insight. And I think that also, if, if you are that person and someone has, does come to you, don't be uh, afraid that they're going to take away your business. There is enough business for, for all of us. And um, it's when you can establish those partnerships that you will both grow. So um, I think that establishing par strategic partnerships, giving people the gift of your time, asking people for the gift of theirs, and, you know, be be focused on your own path, be focused on your own journey, because it is, um, everyone's is different. And sometimes it, it's not just straight, 
you know, it's, it's a lot of up and downs and all over the places. So um, focus on your own journey and you'll get to where you are meant to be. Hmm. That's beautiful, Katie. And how can everybody find you? Yeah, well, if you want to connect with me on Clubhouse, I'm at Katie Brinkley. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, again, Katie Brinkley. And if you want to connect with me online, you can go to uh, nextstepsocialcommunications.com and you can see all the different ways that we can work together there. Perfect. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me.